Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, you guys. Happy Thursday. I hope everybody's doing good today. So I have a special guest here with me, and she is coming from my little conspiracy group. If you guys do not know, um, about a week or so ago, I decided to start a little mini conspiracy group in my DMs. And initially, I thought we could have upwards of 50 people. But Instagram cut it down to 31 people. And so Emily is one of the members of the group. And we have been talking even before the group. And um, we're talking about a lot of just really deep stuff with the over-sexualization of children and, you know, these sexual toys that are getting put out there. Um, So I want to go ahead and introduce Emily. Thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. Oh, no problem. I'm super excited. <laughs> so you are a member of the conspiracy group. Um, so what do you think about the group so far? It is awesome. There's so much information. There's so many just really cool people on there. And every day I learn something new, like things that I, I do my own research. But once you have that many people kind of on the same wavelength and we're all coming together and sharing information, and everybody gets along. It's super cool. It's super chill. And we're all just kind of working on figuring things out, different perspectives. Yes. And that's what I love about it. It's like, I don't have to be in there every day. I don't have to babysit. You know, nobody's a kid in there. Everybody's grown, right. respectful. We can agree to disagree. But I've learned so much just from you guys in the past week. I'm like, dang, I didn't know about this conspiracy. I've never seen this trailer Thank before. <laughs> right. You Thank know. You. Yeah, so it's like every time we log in, it's something. You know, we could be going from one minute we're talking about Gaylene Maxwell, then the next minute we're talking about forest fires and going esoterical. So I love it. And I know a lot of people have been kind of upset on Instagram, and they're like, oh, I want to get in. So what I'm thinking is we may make it bigger um, because I do want to be able to give options to people who are members on YouTube and um, my Patreon people. So I'm thinking about starting possibly a Discord group. So um, with Discord. Right. I think it'll be it'll be room for more people. Right. And it's it will be private, you know, and we'll just send the link Mm -hmm. out to people to certain people. But at least that way we can have more people involved because the engagement with just 30 people is awesome. So I couldn't even imagine if it was like 100 people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The more, the more people, the, and it's so, such a diverse group, and the more people and the different walks of life everybody comes from and the more information that we can all share with each other, I think the better. Exactly. Exactly. So I know one of the things that we talked about is just um, because I remember you had sent me some stuff in the DMs and we were kind of just on the same wavelength that day. That's what was so funny about the stuff you were sending me, because I'm like, hold on. I've been seeing stuff, too, about, you know, these dolls and, you know, just um, if you guys have not seen it. um, Let me see. I think the dolls. What are they called? You dip them in cold water. The LOL dolls. That's the Uh name of them. And so they look like little normal, little cute dolls. But then once you dip them in cold water, they have on lingerie, stripper outfits. Um, One of the dolls had a pizza on her back. So a lot of people equated that to Pizzagate. 
another doll had like an extra private area piece. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a lot. One looked like a dominatrix or something. It was crazy. And she has fishnet stockings on. Yeah, they have lingerie on. Fishnets. This is one coming to. <sighs> There it is. It sure is. And it has lingerie on. That's unbelievable. And you put it in warm water. Does she have a tattoo on her arm? It sure does. There it is. Right. And, you know, there was something else I remember I had sent you. There was, a, like, there's, like, all these weird dolls. Because I'm, maybe I'm just old school and I don't have any girls. So I'm just used to Barbie dolls. And then I remember the Bratz craze. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know where right. all these new little dolls are coming from, but they're doing the most. There was another doll I think yeah. I had showed you about it where it came where the doll was in a milk carton, almost like those missing kids yeah. milk cartons. And so one of the parents yeah. ended up calling the 1-800 number. And when you call it, it was a phone sex line. Did you remember seeing that? Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah, that is so unnerving. And I wanted to show you. This is a milk carton, obviously, and it has uh, have you seen me on there with a phone number? Okay, you don't think much of it, but little kids are playing with this toy, opening this toy, and they're going to be curious. And it says, please call. So what do you do? Your kid picks up the phone, and they dial the number, 1-888-TOO-MUCH. Like, what does that have to do with dolls? It was very, I remember that when it was, it was very, it's just creepy. It is. And it's like, you know, kids, they don't know any better. I remember calling all types of numbers as a kid on the back of the cereal box. And, you know, when you'd see the 1-800 commercials, I would always call those numbers just to be calling them, you know, because when you're a kid, you don't know. So imagine calling this right. number that's on the box of your toy. You know, you're thinking maybe you'll be able to talk to that character. Who knows? And then it's this phone yeah. sex thing and hit one if you want me to keep sending you dirty messages and texts. It's like, what in the world is this? You know? Yeah. And a lot of younger kids have their own phones, too. Yeah. And that's so the scary part. It, it's almost like you feel like a kid, especially a young girl. You, it's not uncommon for a seven or eight year old to have their own phone. No, it's not. It's not at all. Um, I remember my oldest, he had his own phone at eight. You know, it was just a regular little flip phone, just so right. when he got home, he could call me, let me know he was safe and stuff like that. But yeah, these kids be having super high tech phones now iPhone 11s. Yeah, exactly. And they're like yeah. in third grade. It's like, I don't even own an iPhone 11, sir. Like, fall out. 
nobody's calling from a house phone. So it's not like when we were younger and we would call our friends and our parents got a phone bill and they saw, you know, who you called and things like that. It, it's just not as monitored these days. No. And even think about when we were younger, there's really no privacy. Because even like when I was young, like we didn't get a cordless phone until like maybe seventh grade. So up until then, you yep. had a phone that was stationary in the kitchen and you sat right there in the yep. kitchen and you talked and your parents were in the other room. They could hear everything you were saying. And then maybe as you got older, you got a 20 foot extension cord and you could kind of move around the house a little bit. <laughs> like that video of that phone cord, um, that that fight that went down in Atlanta. <laughs> I was like, I'm the phone cord. Like, that was so old school how that phone cord was following that fight. That was funny. I know. The phone cord was fighting. Exactly. But the sad thing is, like, nowadays, like, you know, even back then, your parents would eavesdrop and pick up the other line and listen. Cause I know my parents always did that right. crap. Listen in to your conversation, see who you're talking to. And now there is no other line. We, we, we technically don't know who our children are speaking to. We just have to take their word for it or, you know, like you Lock. said, check the phone logs and stuff like that. So for them to sneak a 1-800-SEX number on that toy box was just very, very unnerving, very disturbing. So now I wanted to go ahead and kind of segue into this um, Netflix show, and it's causing a lot of controversy. As of mm-hmm. about an hour ago, um, the New York Post Um, they made a blog about it and several other ones are too. And a lot of people are accusing Netflix of promoting pedophilia. Um, So let me go ahead and kind of break this down for people who don't know. We had posted in the group yesterday and I also posted on my main Instagram page that Netflix has a new show coming out and it's called Cuties. And basically the premise of Cuties is that we have an 11-year-old girl her name is Amy, and she starts to rebel against her, her conservative family's traditions. Um, she's of African descent. She's Sanglinese, and she's a Muslim girl. And so basically, she's living in a poor neighborhood in France, and she's seeing these other girls, um, and they're kind of free to do them. And they start this whole twerk team. Okay, now these are 11-year-olds. And so she's bucking against her Muslim family to join this twerk team. And these girls are dressed provocatively. Even the cover was really disturbing to see young girls. The one little black girl was in the corner on all fours. The other one is posed, you know, with her legs spread. So how did you feel when you first saw the cover and then eventually watched the trailer? Um, I definitely think there's a narrative being pushed. I feel like there's a lot of things that are trying to be normalized. That, you know, at first, uh, you know, they're going to call it, oh, well, it's groundbreaking and it's different and this. But I think, obviously, this one's going to get a lot of backlash. But if something like this, videos or movies like this continue, I think you're going to see a lot more similar things coming down the pipeline where eventually people are like, oh, okay, that's, that's just TV these days. This is just normal. Yeah. And I can't even play the trailer because it wouldn't make sense because everything is in French. So it's like, unless you're watching it, you don't even, like, I barely know what they're saying. And I took French for three years. So, you know, it's like, okay, I'm trying to piece stuff together, but it's kind of hard. Right. So if you want to see the trailer, you'll have to go on YouTube and watch it. But um, the fact that they're getting a lot of backlash, I'm happy. There's even a petition, if you don't know. um, They've already received 30,000 signatures where people want this off the air. So I think people are waking up. Um, Yeah. You have these young girls 
just scantily clad, wearing high heels. You know, these aren't 16, 17-year-olds. These are 11-year-olds. And, you know, that's just part of that indoctrination. And it's been happening since we were kids. You know, even the things that we were exposed to and, and stuff like that. But at, you know, in 2020... It's just been like the the continuous hypersexualization of children. And the thing that bothers me with that is that it just normalizes this whole pedophilia. It really does. Because when you start trying to act like children are on the same level as adults, then eventually you're you're brainwashing people to be more comfortable. Like, well, even if I find her sexy, it's not a big deal because she twerks like an adult. She knows all the words to right. the song. Right. She's like she was grown like that. Right. So it's almost like it's it's planting seeds and it's laying a foundation where they're trying to normalize this. So then if somebody gets caught in a relationship with an eleven year old and you're, you know, twenty four, it won't be seen as such a big deal because look how grown these eleven year olds are in twenty twenty. Yeah, it, I don't know why. It definitely gave me uh it almost even though it was kind of different, it, it kind of brought me back to toddlers and Sierras in a way. Mm. And like I said, sometimes my brain just relates things, but I remember toddlers and Sierras being this huge, a lot of people tuned in to watch it, but I guess it was just the over-sexualization of young girls. And um, if you if you put your kids in pageants, my mom put me in pageants when I was younger, and I'm totally against them. I'm not judging people who do them. I know it's a whole different uh, topic or conversation, but I guess I saw the connection because when Toddlers and Tierras came out, it was these young, young, younger than them, mm-hmm. younger girls. Uh, I mean, they looked grown. They had head, like their faces looked like 25, you know, 26, 27 year olds on little bitty bodies. I mean, it was like a pedophile dream. Right. And I don't know why when I saw that, it, it just, for some reason, made me think of Toddlers and Tierras, like how they were exploiting these children and the over-sexualization of it. And after a while, it, it was always kind of got a little criticism. But after a while, Toddlers and Tierras, this is another thing. Everybody tuned in to watch it. Some yeah. people called it a guilty party. They loved the show, even people who weren't pedophiles. Right. And I could never get into it. Um, I remember when it was like a really big deal, and I remember some of the controversy I couldn't get into it just mm-hmm. for the fact of the whole John Bonet Ramsey thing. Like that happened right. when I was a kid. Yeah, and I remember yeah. I never knew because I know pageants seem to be a really big thing in the South, and you're from the South, correct? Yeah. Hence, mm-hmm. hence yeah. the accent. <laughs> right, and I know it's a really big thing down <laughs> South. But, um, you know, I grew up up North, not saying that they didn't have pageants. I, you know, I was just oblivious mm-hmm. to them. Until the John Bernay Ramsey thing came out. And I remember me and my cousins, because you figure we were probably like, because I know John Bernay Ramsey was the same age as my little sister at the time, six years old. So we were probably like mm-hmm. maybe 15, 16. And we were shocked when we seen the pictures of John Bernay. I mean, she looked like she was our age. I'm like, this six-year-old looks older than me. Hairs whipped, little yeah. cute outfit, heels, makeup. And we were so confused, like, why is this child being paraded around like this? Because meanwhile, my little sister's running around with, you know, barrettes and, 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 you know, little bobby things on her head and, you know, jelly slippers. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what in the world is going on here? So for me, I never felt right watching, you know, pageantry shows like Toddlers and Tiaras. Now, I remember when Honey Boo Boo came out um, and she got her spinoff because of those shows. 
So I remember I kind of tuned yeah. into that like the first few seasons, you know, just to kind of find out the hype. But I just never really got into that. And I and that's a perfect um, comparison is that that kind of basically brought down everybody's guards because we were conditioned yeah. to watch and eventually accept Toddlers and Tierra because that became like the number one show on TLC. And so now they're pushing mm-hmm. the envelope even further with this whole cuties thing, and you have young girls now who are now twerking. Yeah. I, I think there was an episode of Toddlers and Tierra's, too, where, I mean, I'm sure it got a little bit of backlash, but there was a little girl on there who was dressed up as Julia Roberts from uh, Pretty Woman, like the blue um, skirt and the white, you know, the high boots, the blonde wig. Oh, wow. All that. And everyone, yeah, yeah, they were calling her Frostatot. Like, mm. yeah, I just remember the, the backlash from that. It was so crazy. And her mom was totally okay with it. She's like, I just love Julia Roberts. You know, she sounded more country than me. But um, <laughs> there was backlash. And then, you know, the ball just kept ro- uh, rolling. They kept doing the show. And, and like you said, now they they just continue to push the envelope. As I was saying, I feel like there's definitely a narrative being pushed. And I think that they're trying to normalize this. And, like, it's going to be a a big deal at first, but eventually we'll just be conditioned to think, oh, it's just another day. You know, what else are they about to put out? Right. And, and it's really sad because we're, we're losing a whole generation of kids. They're losing their innocence. They don't even know what it is to just be a kid and go outside and play and double dutch and skip rope. You know, and I'm not against kids yeah. dancing because when we were growing up, we had drill team. That was big in the Midwest. You know, those were like huge yeah. dance competitions. You know, the girls would wear cute outfits, you know, nothing too scantily clad, mm-hmm. no crop tops. But they'd wear like, you know, almost like cheerleader outfits. Right. And they would go out there with their pom-poms on their boots and, you know, get their dance on. So we had drill team. We had high steppers. um, You know, we had Mm -hmm. a lot of things like that. Even dance competitions where, you know, you got to break dance. And, you know, I'm about to go now. It's your turn. So I'm not against dancing. And I think, you know, some of the best dancers are children. Because when you're that young, you got strong knees. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you can get down and do backflips. Yeah, you know, it's a lot easier when you're 9 and 10 to do all those dance moves as opposed to, damn, you know, 25, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I get it. (laughs) Right, I get it. But when you're talking about straight twerking, there's nothing competitive about that. There's nothing um, that that's just a, a dance that's based in sexuality, period. Like you said, it's kind of for people who don't know how to dance, who don't understand choreography or have rhythm. It's just something you do when a song you like comes on and. You don't know how to dance. You just start twerking. Right. That's like the, to me, that's like the lowest common denominator in dancing. That's lazy because I don't know choreography. I can't dance, but guess what? I can shake my ass and, you know, bring attention and get attention from guys. You know, that's, that's people who really dance. That's how they view twerking. Like it's cute to incorporate it in some of your choreography, but just to just sit and just twerk and twerk and twerk. It's like, okay, sit down. I mean, now you do have like in, like in the islands and stuff like that, even like, you know, my culture and um, African culture and things like that. People twerk, people dance, you move with your hips, you dance, you know, sexual. So I'm not demonizing that at all because that's a part of our culture. But what I'm saying is that at some point in time, you have to know when to say when. And those types of dances are for more grownups, more adult people, more adult teens, not 9, 10, 11 year olds. That's just too much. And especially with all this stuff that's going on in this day and age with pedophilia, Pizzagate. 
you know, people being kidnapped, mm-hmm. child trafficking. That's what makes me nervous is that yeah. we're indoctrinating a whole generation of children to think that this is how you behave and this is how you get attention. But the problem is while these kids are dancing like this on TikTok and, you know, twerking and they're thinking, hey, I'm just posting this for my friends and my family to see. They don't realize when you post something on the Internet, the Internet is a very sinister place. So you don't know who's watching. you. Oh, you know, you don't know who's taking your yeah. video and you don't know what they're doing on the other side of that camera. While many of us may just be watching, be like, girl, go sit down. You're too young. This person over here uh-huh. might be, you know, jerking off just to keep it all the way real. And and that's oh, the yeah, stuff. You yeah, you, you don't know. So it's like, you know, hell, I know how many guys and told me they don't watch my video. I do commentary and I've had guys tell me <laughs> that they've done that. I'm like, you jerked off to me talking about Ratchet, Florida, sir, sit down. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so it's like if they're doing that and I'm just doing commentary and I'm fully dressed, you know, so right. th- that's the part that just always has me nervous when I see children exposing themselves like that on the Internet. And I know a lot of people say, well, you guys dance like that when y'all was kids. Y'all twerked too. Y'all did this and that. But like I keep telling people, yes, we dance like that. Yes, we, you know, sang to vulgar rap lyrics like Little Kim and Trina. But the difference is we did that in the comfort of our neighborhood, in our homes. There was no social media. It didn't go up online. And that's that's another thing, um, too, which, I mean, I'm not blaming celebrities or influencers or anything like that, but usually the majority of um, influencers who have a really high following or different celebrities that are really popular, that are really pushed mainstream, if you go on the majority of their pages, they usually have some type of video with them dancing some type of way that usually if you're a kid and you look at that, you think, okay, that's how I thought when I was a kid. I'd be trying to dance like Christina Aguilera, you know? Right. That's up to the, the parent to watch what their kid's doing and what they're emulating. But I think it's just, so the twerking so normalized now. Like a twerk king does not surprise me. And hearing of like in that, that trailer, like say if it was reality and there was a group of young girls that started a twerk team, that would not surprise me at all. Mm-mm. It's very common. I remember one of the most popular YouTubers at the time when I first started YouTubing um, was Twerk Team. They were like these black girls. And I think they were from Atlanta. I might be wrong. But I remember they used to get hundreds and thousands of views. And all they did was twerk. And they kind of they kind of birthed that twerk culture on um, YouTube. Right. They kind of birthed, birthed that. Because um, I know one of the members eventually died. Um, but yeah, it was like Miss Twerksome. And um, it was like a whole crew of what? them. What was the other girl? Lady Luscious. And the one lady, she ended up getting killed a few years back. Um, but yeah, they kind of started that whole twerk team. It was three of them. You know, and they were young back mm-hmm. then. I want to say they might have been 16, 17-year-olds at the time. And they blew up. You know, they, they blew up. Yeah. I remember they they were, like, a huge deal on YouTube. So, yeah, you, you know, if that happened, what, almost 10, 10 years ago, it's just so much evolved <laughs> since then. You know, it's evolved so much since then. And then let's not forget, we also had Miley Cyrus, too. You know, a few years back, constantly twerking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely um, appropriated that. And that's when, you know, you started seeing all the the little white girls trying to to twerk. And uh, there was an Instagrammer now. I know she's got millions of followers. I think she's a Hispanic girl. But that's what she does, make twerk videos to to new songs that are are popular. And 
which, like I said, goes back to Miley Cyrus. I remember when the VMAs, I mean, it was like this huge ordeal when she started the, the twerking thing. And there were so many debates of, you know, young girls watch her. Is this something that's, you know, is okay? And then now, look, it's, it's just like uh, people were outraged at that time. But now it's just a normal thing. They're like, oh, okay, all right. Well, that's just what people do now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the truth. It's like that is, you know, it's been very much normalized. Um, even like I know I was telling you about what I have been seeing in stores lately, and I don't know if you guys have peeped this, um, tea sipper audience, but what I've noticed in stores is that shit emoji. And one, I think that's just a gross emoji anyways. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to see that more in stores being marketed as, as toys for kids. I'm seeing shit pillows. Some of them are rainbow colored. Um, I'm seeing toys. Where literally they're playing with fake shit, um, chapsticks with the little shit emoji on there. And it's just like, who is okay in this? Like, in the grand scheme of things, that is what that emoji represents. So, why would we want children to put chapstick on their mouth that's supposed to, you know what I'm saying, resemble shit? You know, so once again, pushing that agenda, you know, just all types of just weird, debaucherous stuff that they're trying to push the children. Because I don't understand for the life of me why you would have that on chapstick and why, like, you have, you know, even uh, um, the shit emoji slime. Have you seen this at, like, stores like Walmart and things like that? Yeah, I see it everywhere. I can go to the dollar store and it's every, it's so normal. It's so common. And I have a, a young son and he, he thinks it's hilarious. So he sees it and he's like, oh, it's juicy and wants to get it. I'm like, yeah, and you know, it's like little squishies. But like you said, it's, it's the shit emoji. Mm-hmm. And they have it um, in pillows. They have it in all different colors. I see it, like you said, in the makeup section. I've even seen clothes with it. I even saw a beanbag chair that was like, why would you want to sit in an actual pile of shit that doesn't right. make any sense? Yeah, it's just really, yeah, I mean, you can just, you can Google it. And it's like so many images, you know, of this little shithead emoji, you know, even Play-Doh now, (laughs) you know, they even have chapstick that's called unicorn poop. Like, why? Yeah, I saw them. I saw that. Yeah, unicorn poop. Like, why would you want to even equate something like that to your mouth? Like, that is just so gross, you know? So I just feel like it's just too much. Even they have unicorn poop slime. And, you know, I just, I don't get this weird obsession with children and bodily fluids. You know, it's just really, really strange. And I just, it's very uncomfortable, um, you know, seeing, you know, chapsticks and things like that that you know go on children's lips and that are meant for children. And they have this little... Poop emoji, shit emoji. It's just, I just found that just really disgusting. It's like, who approved this stuff? You know, it's it's not, yeah. I don't know. It's just really disturbing. Yeah, it is. And my son, he watches a lot of content on YouTube. I mean, just the, the strangest little things, like trucks will go by and it'll tell you what kind of truck it is. And uh, I noticed, you know, the, it'll be playing a particular video. And then the next one won't be anything similar at all and it'll be like the little poop emojis and stuff dancing and even other videos that have particular like nursery rhymes and stuff that have like way more like deeper sinister meanings to them you really have to pay attention to the imagery because I'll just walk in and see them watching it and I'm like what is this why is there upside down crosses in the back like you know 
There's yeah. a lot of really weird stuff that is in, and these are, you know, not just any, I mean, these are pretty high, high subscriber channels. And there's a lot of stuff as far as video content that's really strange <laughs> that they push out. And definitely the toys. I honestly, now, whenever I get him a toy, like I literally am giving it the side eye, like looking at it, like what, what did they try to sneak in here that I'm not noticing? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to nowadays. I mean, it's so scary, the subliminal programming and the things that they try to slip in. And I feel really bad for parents, especially ones who are raising really young children, because a lot of these kids are being raised on laptops and and iPads. You know, these parents just give them an iPad and send them on their way, and they're not realizing the stuff that's being fed to their children. You know, um, before YouTube finally clamped down on a lot of those crazy channels, like when they had, like, Spider-Man and Elsa acting like they were, you know, going to have sex and, you know, killing Uh this Marvel character. I mean, it was so many disturbing things, and a lot of those people were just doing that stuff because... They know that kids watch it. You have Elsa, you have Spider-Man, you have these characters that they're familiar with from Disney. So kids are going to watch it, and then kids are repetitive. They're creatures of habit. So they'll watch stuff over and over again, whereas an adult will go on to the next thing. So they were making buku money. I'm talking about millions of dollars a year. And YouTube was pushing them through the algorithm. And it wasn't until parents started complaining. Then it was like, oh, now we got to change stuff so, you know, we don't get sued and find, you know, even more money. And it's sad that that's the type of stuff that gets pushed with people who are speaking the truth and, you know, saying things that make you think and um, trying to get a message out there. They're the ones who are blocked. They're the ones who are demonetized. They're the ones who are shadow banned. So that tells you right there the agenda. Oh, absolutely. There's so many child-based um, YouTube channels, like I said, with really high subscribers that are getting in lots of views that there's so much sinister stuff that goes behind the scene or that particular person or different narratives being pushed. And they're totally okay with that. It is just like the Spider-Man and the Elsa thing. It wasn't a problem until people started complaining. But before that, nobody saw a problem with it. But as soon as someone starts Seeking something that goes against the grain that makes you look at things at a deeper level. Well, then all of a sudden they're demonetized or they take their video down or they're messing with their lives. They make it really difficult for people who want more information to get it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we've been on here exactly 30 minutes and I know you have to get back to work. She joined me on her lunch break. (laughs) So I definitely appreciate it. So before we go, um, yeah, no, no, no worries. Um, Before we go, I just wanted to let people know that once again, the power is with the people. So if you're against this and you're against the indoctrinization of our children into, you know, pedophilic programming like cuties, then they're going to release this September 9th. So what you have to do as a consumer is not watch it. Do not support it. I don't want to see this being the number one trending movie on Netflix. So, again, we can't complain and then still go and support something like this. So no one should be watching it. And when people pull their money and their views and their likes and their eyeballs away from something, that will force these networks to change and realize that this is not acceptable. Absolutely agree. Definitely. So once again, Emily, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. And I'll definitely have you back again. So you have a good day and I will talk to you in the DMs. 
Okay. All okay. Right. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.